Welcome to the South Florida M&A Advisors Podcast, your trusted M&A team. Here's your host, Russell Cohen. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the South Florida M&A Advisors Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Wolf, joined by none other than your host, the man, the myth, the legend. We have Russell Cohen in the house. How you doing, my man? Hey, doing great. <laughs> so good to see you. It's been it's been a while since we did one of these. So yeah. nice to be back in the seat here talking to you, learning about what you're doing in and around our great community. And I know you have some exciting news to share on the horizon. Uh, you just assisted a business with a deal for $100 million, which is fantastic news. So congratulations on that. Thank you. That was the uh, largest uh, sale uh, you know, for myself and the company. And uh, Myself and Sunil Shinoy uh, were co-listers and, uh, you know, we were able to go through 11 months of an M&A transaction and, and get get to the finish line, no doubt. Well, again, congratulations on that. May it be the first of many more to come. I know you had been trying to, um, I guess, take the business to that next level and start working on some of these larger deals uh, in the M&A space. And clearly you're on the path to that to that place now. So. Congrats on that, brother. Yes. Yeah. And that's the goal. And that's why I formed South Florida M&A to service South Florida business owners uh, with, you know, great service, uh, you know, boutique M&A service. And that's what we're trying to achieve here. So uh, a great start and, and I might be the largest sale I ever do, but, you know, I'm OK with that. And uh, but now we're, you know, now we're poised for for more successes in 24 and 25. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's let's get into it. Why don't you tell tell us a little bit about the deal? I guess kind of frame it, and then we'll get into some of the the challenges that you had to overcome. Because as we know, these processes, uh, you know, it's a, it's a long time to yeah. build up to a transaction like this. I think you mentioned it was like eleven months in the making, right? Yeah, very complicated uh, sale. Uh, so the company that sold was Campany Roofing out of West Palm Beach. Uh, the business was sold for a hundred million. Uh, final down payment, $80 million, uh, with uh, 10% rollover equity and a 10% earnout. So there were many complications. There were many issues along the way that we were able to overcome. Uh, it, it died like 10, 12 times. Uh, but we were, you know, somehow, some way, the business was extremely strong. A great owner, great business, great management team. Everything came together at the end. Uh, and we were, you know, on pins and needles all the way through the deal, right? No doubt. Yeah, it sounds like it. So is that, I'd imagine that for a bit, a transaction that large, it, the time frame on that is extended past a smaller transaction. Is it common in those cases for deals to kind of die off and then come back that many times, 10 or 11 times? Or is that is that more uncommon? Uh, you know, in general, when you're selling a selling a business, it is someone's largest asset typically on their balance sheet. So a very emotional ride. Uh, you, obviously, you don't expect to have issues. You know, there's going to be issues uh, in this particular case. Uh, this did take longer than we thought because uh, we were dealing with, we, you know, the, the buyers, the private equity group was trying to get equity, equity investors and debt lenders. And there were specific challenges in raising funds for this particular uh, transaction. Uh, so that's kind of the one of the major points that the, you know basically took from started with an LOI in February and closed at the end of November. 
So yeah, that was one one of the many challenges in the in the uh, in the in the journey to the closing, I would call. Can you dig into that a little bit deeper to talk about how yeah. how you overcame the the financing challenges through the process? So, this particular buyer was a startup private equity. They were uh, a company called Broadwing Capital, and now they're officially a private equity group because they did their first platform acquisition in the roofing industry. So basically what was going on, uh, this was a, a couple a couple of uh, gentlemen started this private equity group, had a great pedigree in the private equity space, so they started Broadwing Capital. So they had to go out to the open market um, and raise funds uh, and get those equity investors. So outside of trying to find 70 to $80 million for this particular, you know, kickoff, uh, you know, platform deal, uh, they were raising funds for future add-ons and future platforms. So, you know, while, while they were talking to equity investors and debt lenders, we were also, you know, you were seeing the interest rates rise, you know, the, the Fed has been raising rates, Everyone's interest rates are on, on everything that affects life has been going up. So, you know, capital raising gets gets challenging. Um, so, so you know, we start this deal in February and we're going through the quality of earnings, which is kind of the colonoscopy of the M&A deal, basically <laughs> going through all the accounting and many different levels of, of diligence. And, you know, we get, you know, pretty, we get through it, which is great. A very complicated process, as I said before. And what happened was the seller's CFO resigned in July. Uh, he had a, an eye disease. He was overwhelmed with the process. And he, you know, he was, you know, had to make a decision because, you know, he had health complications. So in the middle of our, um, you know, of our deal, we lose the, the seller's CFO. And we had to bring in a fractional CFO to take over the entire accounting department of this roofing company. So, so you know, we were basically chasing our tails on the financials. The um, Broadwing Capital was trying to raise a lot of money based on a hockey stick growth of from 21 to 22. And the 23 numbers, they were talking to equity investors with first quarter numbers, which is like a no-no, basically. So um, it, it got very difficult to get the 630 profit and loss because they, when they're raising money, they want to see how the business is doing in the current year. So we're sitting in the summertime and they're trying to raise money and they only have the first quarter numbers. And so by the time we finally got the 630 numbers, we were deep into August, heading into September. And, and so that became the challenge that we were chasing our tail on, on the numbers. Even though we were moving along in the quality of earnings, the, the buyers had to go through 200, 200 investors to finally land at a few. Wow. And so now we're sitting, you know, and, you know, we're sitting on edge the entire way. Um, so, so basically, it was now sitting in September and the equity investors and debt lenders are coming into town interviewing the seller, we're going for meals, they're seeing projects, we're going on job sites. And, and you know, this is going on pretty consistently throughout the month of September. And then so we, we think we're going to get to the finish line and, and they're telling us they're going to pick a particular equity investor and they give us a support letter saying that they have the money. And then they said, wait a minute, we have someone else. So another group came down and 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 once again touring them around lunches dinners and meetings and 
by the mid-October, they got the support letter from Treeline Capital, which funded the, you know, the the initial uh, upfront money for the private equity group, and they secured their, uh, you know, their debt lenders. So we you know we're talking about mid to late October, and we've been running this deal since February, and you know we we felt you know at the end of that time frame we were like oh my god we you know we got the funding and now we're on a race to close. But while all this was going on, the seller's EBITDA, the earnings of the company was growing from thirteen to twenty million dollars. So in twenty two, he made thirteen, and he was like exceeding on tracking to over twenty million dollars. So now you start thinking. Seller's going to reprice the deal because now he can get hundred. He can get a hundred and twenty, hundred and forty million. So we're like, okay, are we? <laughs> is he going to pull the plug on the deal and and try to go back to market? So many moving parts there. It's it's no surprise how how the deal almost fell apart a dozen times, nearly a dozen times. It, a lot of things need to go right for a deal like that to materialize for sure. Yes, a lot of stars have to align, yeah. and and uh, you know, I at the end of the day, the the seller was happy with the price. He did not want to go through the process again of re-interviewing buyers. You know, there was so much money spent on attorneys, the CFO, um, all the advisors that were involved from, from you know, two M&A advisors, Sunil and myself, and his uh, uh, benefits advisor, you know, his insurance advisor, you know, the two attorneys on the transaction. So, yeah, so it was, it was incredible amounts of calls and meetings, and it, it got done November 30th, but it you know, we really weren't skiing downhill, as I say, until we knew that we got the funding. Uh, so, so that, yeah, that's what caused the deal to go longer than we thought, you know. But at the end of the day, we're sitting here on uh, February 8th and, you know, we're looking back and you look back at what what went wrong and, and you want to improve upon the process um, and, and, and be better for the next deal. And, and yeah, we, we, you know, we all went into the LOI thinking, you know, this would not be as, as challenging. You know, we all went feeling everyone was in love with each other and, you know, deal fatigue gets involved in any transaction. It could be a small business and a large business. And that's where you run the risk of the seller just calling, calling the deal off. Well, congratulations again on this deal. May, may you have many, many more to come in the future. Uh, in the years to come. And was there anything else you wanted to, to share before we wrap up here? Uh, yeah. So, so love the opportunity. Uh, whoever is who actually clicks on the podcast. Uh, it's very important that you prepare your business for sale. If, if I can meet with a business owner in advance, I can give them the proper tips, how to be private equity ready, because you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. you might think your books are perfect, but I could promise you there are things that you probably never thought of that will happen in transactions. So we, we really got to get in early, get the right team together, get the books in order, make recommendations so you don't have to go through craziness in the transaction. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm learning a lot through this process and, and it's definitely important to have a professional such as yourself on your side through this process because it is wildly complicated for sure. All yes, right, everyone. That's only, that's only a few of the, that was only one issue, you know, so <laughs> we could probably do, you know, five or six podcasts on, on the challenges on this, on this, uh, 
on the final uh, final sale of this company. So, but this is a this one was a good start. Good starting point. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. Everyone, take care. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the South Florida M and A Advisors podcast. For more information, visit SouthFloridaMA.com or contact 954-646-7651.